Blog Talk Radio. How's it going out there? Welcome to this installment of the Diardro Show. My name is Brian Diardo, and again, I'm joined with uh, my colleague, Brian Rosen. It's been a hot minute since we've done one of these podcasts, so we got a lot to discuss. I'm excited about it. Brian, how are you doing out there tonight, bud? Well, Cat may have caught Brian's tongue. We'll try to get him on here in a second. So, uh, I'm here. we got a lot to discuss. All right, Brian's here. We got you. We got you, man. How are things going? You got me? Yeah, we got to do, yep. do something about this muting, unmuting thing. But whatever, we're good. Yeah. Anyway, I'm doing, I'm doing great, Brian. I, it's funny. I feel like it's two extremes with me. I'm either in a really good mood when I do this podcast. Maybe this just says something more. There's deeper issues, but whatever. I'm not going to worry about that right now. Uh, or, I'm in a, or I'm really in a crappy mood. I'm in a great mood. I'm psyched. It's draft week. I'm, I'm not one of these people that can sit and think and talk about the draft for six months. Uh, I, I, I'm, this is the time when I want to talk about it, and I got, I got my rant fired up and ready. I'm, I'm feeling great. Let, let's, uh, let's do this thing. Well, go ahead, man. Give me your rant. What you got? What's, what's cooking? I want you to go first tonight. Lead us right in. All right, so we decided to drop the love it or hate it segment and just give each of us an opportunity to rumble and ramble and rant. And so mine is going to be called Rosen's Rant because we have to have names. And then to follow will be Diardo's Diatribe. So I want to stick right with the task at hand. And I want to talk about Jimmy Haslam. Jimmy, if you're listening, and of course you're not listening, but I'm going to pretend that you are. Here's the deal, man. You had the best internship, hands-on experience internship, you could have in football. Maybe the Patriots would be better, but whatever. I don't want to debate that. You, were, you had a chance to watch the Roonies, and I hate to say this, but we know how great the Steelers are as an organization. You got to be there. You got to watch it. You saw. And the key to the Roonies is hire people and shut up. Let them do their jobs. All right? Know your role and shut your mouth. All right? To quote The Rock. That's what you do. And, Jimmy, you, you tried this crap with Johnny Manziel, with Johnny Football, and you said, I want, I want him, I want him, I want Johnny Football. And look what happened. And all these rumors are saying, I, I want a quarterback. So guess what? So why? Every Browns fan wants a quarterback. Every football fan wants a quarterback for their team. But you can't just snap your fingers and get a quarterback. We, we know this by now. There's not one quarterback in this draft that you can have enough confidence in being successful. And – for most people, the consensus number one, Mitch Trubisky had 12 starts. So he doesn't have the sample size to have enough confidence. Yet, you have a draft that, with the exception maybe of the offensive line, is so deep, is so ripe with talent, that, you, that the Browns can make significant strides. And I am optimistic and hopeful, despite, Jimmy, how much I can't stand you and how stupid I think you are being so involved as an owner, I still have hope that the Browns actually may turn it around because this is the type of draft, and when you have 1 and 12 and 33, where you can do just that. So, Jimmy, let the Brainiacs, let your guys, you, you're doing something that may change the game forever in a very positive way with analytics. Let Andrew Berry and you know, Paul DePodesta, let these guys and, and Sashi Brown, let them do their thing. And I, I want to, I'll talk more later about my goals for the Browns. So I don't want to get into that too much. But strictly, Jimmy, shut up. Worry about 
whatever new federal court issue your company is going to get in, because you don't seem to be doing that great a job with Pilot Flying J, and let the people you hired do their job. Because you might know a good amount about football. You might be a big Tennessee guy and, and understand it as a fan. But you've not dedicated your life to this. Let your people do their things. And that's all I got on that subject. I love it, man. That's great. Well, you're right. You're right. And it's funny because to me, you know, you know, obviously I'm more on the Steelers side, and they were talking to the Steelers uh, brass, Mike Tomlin and their GM, Kevin Colbert, about, um, you know, what's going to happen in this draft. And it's hilarious because last year I felt like it was so much more cut and paste. One knew, you know, Wentz is going early. You know, you know, there were several players that you knew were going early in the draft. It was going to be a defensive back laden, you know, first round, and I believe, you know, six defensive backs were picked in the first 25 spots. Uh, this year, I mean, Tomlin and Colbert pretty much said, we have no idea, because the quarterbacks in this draft, are there, there's so many varying opinions. I mean, you'll you'll read one NFL, they always go anonymous, but one anonymous GM will pretty much come out and say, you know, we, we don't know, you know, I wouldn't draft any of these guys in the first round. I think Ron Jaworski even said that, and then from ESPN, you know, and then you'll hear people say, oh, this, this guy's a surefire, you know, for, you know, top five pick. So, and it all starts with the Browns, what they do. It, it really reminds me of the Kevin Costner movie from 2014 draft day where, you know, no one knew what the Browns were going to do. Were they going to go, you know, franchise quarterback? Were they going to go, you know, uh, pass rusher route? No one knows. So it's, it, the Browns really hold all the cards and it, it's going to be fascinating, fascinating, but we'll get to that. But, but my, my, uh, you know, early portion of this show. And Brian, you're going to have to help me again, man. What's my segment called? I got, I got to learn how to pronounce this. God, come on, man. You're better than that. Uh, <laughs> let me also, first of all, uh, while we do that, it's Diardo's Diatribe. All right? Diatribe. Like you it. can look that up, what that means. Diardo's Diatribe. Before we get to that, I want to remind people, if you're listening, 619-924-9828. That is 619-924-9828. If you want to join in, Brian, you'll have to kind of be the sort of pilot of this captain. If anyone does call in during the show, you'll have to be the one that um, that handles that. But once you complete the Ardo's diatribe, if anyone wants to call in, we're talking draft, playoffs, or talk some baseball or whatever. But for the most part, it, it's draft. We're, we're 48 hours from the draft. That's what we love. That's what we care about. We're both huge NFL fans. That's going to be where we're at. So the Ardo's diatribe, I'm sure he will throw in something about Dan Levitard because he knows I hate him. Uh, or something about ESPN, but I look forward to your diatribe. So go ahead, sir. I've got so many places I could go. Uh, I, I would like your take maybe at some point in this podcast about the Hernandez statue. That's been a big thing, and, and whether or not it's good that they're building the statue, that's been a big conversation that Levitard has discussed. Uh, I wasn't going to go there, though, but, you know, if you're going to prod me, I'm going to go. But, you know, my diatribe, if we want to discuss that at some point, we can – um, but mine is a twofold. One, uh, you know, I, I sat back. The Penguins, you know, they, they finished the job. They beat the Blue Jackets in five games. And to be honest, and I'm not trying to, to, to rub dirt on the wound there, Brian, it wasn't that close. And I wish I could say that it was. I really honestly didn't want uh, this series to be nasty either way in terms of kind of a row and, and one team embarrass the other. Uh, but that's what happened. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh really took their muscles. I wouldn't look at it, though, like there was something quote unquote wrong with Columbus. Sure. They had things they needed to get better at. Um, you know, they started the tailspin you know, the nosedive rather near the end of the season. And it just kind of carried into the playoffs. Um, 
That being said, it wasn't necessarily, in my opinion, what Columbus didn't do, as cliche as it sounds. It's, it's what Pittsburgh did. I mean, this is uh, the best Penguin team I've seen in 25 years. It's the best Pittsburgh team I've seen since they won the 92 Cup. Yeah, better than the 09 team. Uh, better, I mean, on par with last year's team. I kind of include this run as, as one and the same. But, uh, you know, I think, Brian, like, like right now, um, as we are blowing up the foe lines right now, so I'm going to cut this short. But that being said, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled right now. I'm thrilled to be a Penguin fan. I can't wait for, for Thursday's first-round match, second-round matchup against Washington. It, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and it's really the first time uh, that I'm optimistic about beating Washington. And it's crazy. My, my dad told me this last night. The Penguins have faced, faced Washington in the, po- in the playoffs nine times. Penguins are 8-1 and one in those matchups, which is fascinating to me that really, you know, uh, the, the, the Penguins really have their number. And it, it's hilarious when, you know, Washington's won the President's Cup twice since 09, and Pittsburgh beat them in the second round twice. An Ovechkin team has never gotten past the second round of the playoffs. So, um, but, you know, you, you just hope with this Penguin team – they can get one more cup to validate themselves as one of the greatest NHL teams in the last couple of decades. That's what they're going for right now. They are going, and you know, the Blackhawks are out. The Blue Jackets are out. That's two of the top four teams in the league. And, you know, if the Penguins can beat Washington, they will be the best team standing record wise going forward. So it's going to be amazing. I'm excited. I can't wait. We didn't even get to the Cavs, which I'm sure we will on this podcast, but let's get to the call. First one up, both of them are from the 440 area code. When you call in, let us know who you are, where you're from, and what you got. So first caller, uh, give us your name, please, and uh, what would you like to discuss tonight? Yeah, this Hello, is Jeff from sir. Phoenix. And this is Jeff from Phoenix. Wanted to get your guys' opinions on how Ty Lu is doing as a coach. Uh, see some negative things about lack of ball movement. Lack of defense, but we just came up came off the sweep. And really, how much is he the coach versus LeBron just doing it? I mean, LeBron's maybe de facto GM, de facto coach. I just wanted to see he won us a championship, but I'm still not the biggest fan. Wanted to get your guys' opinion on Kylo. Brian, All right, well, Jeff, Brian, I'll take this take guest question to start, and then you can add in anything. Uh, I give Ty Lue a lot of credit, ultimately, for sticking with his second unit. Like, that was amazing to me. What a job in that, in that comeback in the fourth quarter. And that's not easy to do. And if a team is not together, and if a, if a team, most importantly, does not respect their head coach, you can't get away with that. Well, they do. You don't see any real issues from that. I really have nothing but respect for him for doing that. Look, how great a coach is he, that's gonna, that remains to be seen. But the reality is that respect is what's most important. And David Blatt could not have pulled what Ty Lue did because the team would have quit on him. The team would not have respected it. They respect Ty Lue. I think that's what's most important. I think that the defense, it seems like maybe it's improving. Maybe it isn't. We're going to find out. When we face the Warriors in the finals, because I'm off of that worry, we're, we're fine, we're good. We're going to find out if this defense is capable of winning a championship. Brian, your, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think I don't have a lot to add. When we want to get to our other caller. Great question, though, Jeff. But you know, my 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 thing is, uh, 
kind of what Brian said. I don't, I don't agree from the standpoint. I think you're going to find out before the finals. I mean, LeBron's going to face – they're going to face some adversity before they get to the finals. You know, I, and again, you know, Levitard always says this is the weakest finals team LeBron's had maybe during this run. I may disagree with that. But I do think that unlike the last couple of years, they're going to face more adversity in this postseason. I think LeBron generation two or whatever it is, the most adversity he faced was I think in 15 against Chicago in the second round where he hit that miracle shot to tie the series to two. And then they kind of went from there and won the series. I think, I don't think they lost again against Chicago, but that being said, um, I, I think that, that when you look at the, the coaches that Ty Lue played under as a player, Phil Jackson, and Doc Rivers, I think he's honestly a blend of both. He's a little more vocal than Phil, but he's also he, he does have that Phil kind of thing where he sits back, he observes, and he steps in when it when it's important. And uh, my question to you, Jeff, and then we'll get to our next call and we'll kind of close out. What coach do you think is better? Like, where would you put Ty Lue in terms of that and the current NBA coaches? It's tough to say. I think any coach with that team, they're so good on paper. It's tough to say. I mean, do we know if Eric Spolstra was a good coach or not? I'd say maybe middle of the pack. I mean, I like the guy. Bottom line, he won us a championship. That's all that really matters. Um, I don't think he's an elite coach, but uh, we won it last year, and we got a good shot if we play some D this year uh, to definitely win the East, and who knows, in the finals. Right. Well, thanks again, Jeff, for calling. We appreciate it. Out in Arizona, man. It was cold in Ohio. Bring back some warm weather next time you're here. So uh, thanks again, Jeff, for, for calling in. We're going to get to our next caller now. Once again, if you want to call in the show, dial in 619-924-9828. Again, 619-924-9828. So another 440. So some Cleveland love. Please let us, you know, give us your name and uh, what you'd like to discuss. This is Mike from L.A. Glad to join you guys. Um, I'd love to talk about the draft, NFL draft. You know, it's, it's normally Christmas for Browns fans. And, uh, you know, I want to get your thoughts on what you'd like to see. I have my own opinions, but I uh, want to see what you guys think. Well, who do you want to talk about, specifically Browns or just in general? Let's talk about the Browns. All right, Brian, you got it once again, man. I'll let you handle this one all right. first. All right. Let, 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 let's talk about the Browns. So there's sort of two thought processes here, I think, for, for most rational people. And that is you ignore the quarterback completely, which I want. I'm totally in favor of that. Or do you take Miles Garrett and either hope you get Trubisky at 12 or trade up for Trubisky? I, 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 because I don't think anybody that wants Trubisky at one, it makes absolutely no sense. It, it, it just no, there's no justification for that. I cannot possibly fathom why you would want to do that. So my priority is no quarterback. This is a chance with, you know, the, the, the first pick, the 12th pick, the 33rd pick, to be incredibly successful and to make a major difference in this draft. So that's my priority. I prefer the defense. I got no problem with O.J. Howard or, or Mike Williams or Corey Davis. But I would, in my three defensive players, a senior cornerback, a defensive end in Miles Garrett first, and then a linebacker, whatever else that is. 
And for me, Brian, if I'm looking at the Browns, uh, I don't know. To me, it's simple. I would go with Miles Garrett. I mean, he can play defensive end. He can play outside linebacker. or will probably play outside linebacker. He's big. He's athletic. He's got a good attitude. He's already kind of said – he's got a stool, you know, what Pete Manning said years back. Hey, you know, if you don't pick me, I'm going to come back to your team. I'm going to haunt you the next 10 to 15 years. I like his attitude. And, again, from the other side, you know, covering the Steelers, the Steelers did whatever they wanted against the Browns in, in both of their games, and, and the second one was Landry Jones, the quarterback. I mean, the, and, and they attacked in different ways. The first game, they said, hey, we're just going to run it with Le'Veon Bell a million times, and, and we're going to just wear you down, and they did that. Uh, and then the second game, it was, you know, no, no Le'Veon Bell, so we're going to let Landry Jones dink and dunk against you, and they were able to do that. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to have defense to win, and I know offenses are the sexier thing now. I know the league now is predicated – with the rules and whatnot to showcase the offenses. But at the end of the day, uh, you, you have to have a good defense. I, and I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, the Browns were pretty heavy offense last year. They drafted a bevy of receivers. Um, the offensive line, I know, has to improve. So if you didn't go, Garrett, I would go offensive line. In my opinion, there's, there are a lot of good quarterbacks that are going to be out there in the second round. In my opinion, I don't think Trubisky is that good. I think he's average at best. And I think all the questions at quarterback – uh, in this year's draft, I think you're really risking it for a quarterback once again. You know, I, in my opinion, uh, it just isn't a year for a quarterback. And, and I think next year with the USC kid coming out, Sam Donald, I think next year, hopefully if you're the Browns, you hope you're not picking top five. Worst case scenario, if you are, Sam Donald's going to be there next year. So you spend this year, you get your defensive stalwart for the next 10 to 12 years, then you go into your offense, solidify that offensive line, Maybe you find a better running back. I think Crowell is good, uh, but I think you might need to get somebody else with him, uh, and then you go from there. But in my opinion, uh, you go you go Miles Garrett with your first pick. I don't I don't think it's close. Uh, so anything else you want to discuss with the draft and outside of the Browns or Browns? Where, where, where would you like to go next? No, nope, just want to talk about the Browns. You know, I personally I think. If they went all defense and built a, a, a great defense, there's a lot of depth in this draft, and I'm sure they won't because they think they're smarter than everybody else, and they'll take somebody from some obscure school. But uh, you know, I would pick all Alabama defensive players in the in the top two rounds, and they could rebuild their draft. But they won't do that. Um, but as long as they take care of one, I'll, I'll be okay with anything they do because Trubisky is not really rated by anybody as a first-round talent. I and mean, people, you know, they're they're making themselves and talking themselves into a quarterback just because, you know, they're sexy and they, you know, this is the most important position on the field. But uh, they need a lot of help. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head because, you know, if you talk to Gruden, he's saying that Nate Peterman is the most prepared quarterback to come out now. He's slated as a third- or fourth-round pick. You know, and then you've got people, you know, loving Mahomes because he's got a nice arm, but, you know, there's question marks with him. And then I agree, Trubisky, uh, you know, if he was hanging around late first round, like, for example, like, I'm just going to say the Steelers, like, they're, they are interested potentially in a quarterback. If he's sitting around late first round, you're already a really good team, why not? Why not take uh, Or Kaiser from Better Name, you know, both those guys, but... The Browns won't, won't be there late in the first round. They're obviously, you know, going first. However, with that being said, I love Marlon Humphrey. You said you like Alabama players. He right now is played as the 33rd best player in the draft, according to CBSSports.com. 
He's six foot one ninety seven, the perfect size for a defensive back. Uh, again, late first round, early second round. So you you get your your Garrett in the first pick, and then you notify your cornerback early. And again, when you're picking early thirties in the first round, if you're the Browns, that's essentially another first round pick. So you're going to get two top thirty five picks. I love it. Thanks again for the call. We really appreciate it, and uh, we're going to continue to talk draft here on the Jardro Show. As Brian said, and I said, oh man, it's clear when you get the the car static out of here. So. Got some calls from Arizona and Los Angeles. And, Brett, do you agree with me on that? In, in my opinion, with, with my vantage point of the Browns, you got to hammer defense first. And, and to me, there's so many good defensive backs in this draft. I, I think, again, I think Steelers and Browns both want defensive backs, and there's so many good ones. I, I, in my opinion, um, you know, you just you solidify the number one need in the first round, and then you go ahead and get yourself an uh, you know, Marlon Humphrey or maybe a, a Dory Jackson for, from South Carolina or California, rather. He's going to be around there, too, should be around there uh, when the Browns are on the board in the second round. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, the, the biggest thing I have to say is it's all defense for me. And I do want to make one point on Trubisky, all right? Sure. High school, solely high school. I, solely as a high school player, the best quarterback I ever saw at the high school level. Now, really, that's really irrelevant. But I will say he was unbelievable. He played at Mentor, which is the largest public school in the state of Ohio. And they played their offense. problem, too, is their offense like a shotgun offense. It was a crazy offense for high school. But he was awesome. I mean, could run, pass, could do everything. So I'm rooting for, for the kid, you know, majorly. And I want him to be successful. And if he's a Brown, obviously, I would love to see him be successful. And it would be great to have someone from Cleveland help the Browns. But I, that part I don't care about, ultimately. It's such a big issue for Cleveland fans. Uh, they always want you know, some, one of our own. And I just don't get that. I think it's so stupid. But whatever. Defense, defense, defense. Yeah. And I love the corners in this draft. You mentioned a couple. You know, Marlon Humphrey, I'm a big fan of. I love Adore Jackson. Man, is that guy a playmaker. I mean, I just, the bowl game against Penn State, I fell in love with that guy. I mean, he yeah. is awesome. He's a really nice player. I'd be, I'd be thrilled with any. I mean, look, I don't know what's going to happen with the sexual assault thing in Gary Ann Conley. I hope he's all right. But Gary Ann Conley is going to start for many years in the NFL. I'm confident in that. I am completely confident in that. So, yeah, the, the, the cornerbacks are great. I, I, again, if it's me, my ultimate goal for the Browns, I will be – over the moon, excited if the Browns do not draft a quarterback in their first three picks. And any pick after that, they don't draft a quarterback, I'll, I'll, I'll even get more happy. Because I just don't want to force it. You mentioned Sam Darnold from USC. That guy's awesome. And the Browns are going to have, yeah. I, think, I believe, two second-round picks next year. And their first-round pick, which would be a good one. The Browns, I'm telling you, are going to have the ammo to go get him. You do what it takes to get the guy if you believe he's the guy. And I just don't know how anybody could believe Trubisky's the guy. And there's nobody else in this draft that would warrant trading up or that would warrant, in my mind, even taking a 12 and certainly not at number one. The Browns screw this up, and if Jimmy Haslam asserts his authority and finds a way to get Trubisky, and I'm not going to say I'm going to quit on the Browns because I, I, I'm not going to ever do that. I'm always going to care, but I, I'll continue – sort of the mentality I have a lot, which is I want them to win, but if, but I, I, I'm not going to freak out if they don't. Because that, that would just mean that 
the owner is taking control. And you can't have that happen. In my opinion, I like the I like the Browns front office. I like I love Hugh Jackson as a coach. And I'm sure you heard this quote from Joe Thomas last year. He said even even though they weren't winning, there was a different kind of aura in the building. There was a different feeling. It was more optimistic. It was more upbeat. And that's a lot of the environment created by Hugh Jackson and the management. And I feel like they finally have decided they're going to commit, hopefully, to stability. They're not going to keep firing coaches left and right like they, you know, they were earlier this decade and kind of in the history of, of the new era Browns. Um, so with that being said, you know, my question is, are they going to have time? Are they going to have time to – you know, really evolve as a staff? Are they going to give be given four or five years? Because, I mean, let's just be honest, like, you know, they're playing the division with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with the Baltimore Ravens, with – I know it, you kind of laugh when you say Cincinnati Bengals, but, like, the Bengals were in the playoffs every year from 11 to 15 until last year they, they, they hit a snag and had an off year. So, you know, they're in one of the more competitive divisions in the NFL. Um, so that's going to be the issue is that, you know, it's hard to win football games, especially in the AFC North. So, you know, they're going to have to leapfrog one of those teams next year. They have to. I mean, that's that to me, if I was a Browns fan, um, I would say, okay, we have to. Because right now, I mean, the Ravens are, are somewhat vulnerable. They were 8-8 eight eight this year. Uh, you know, the, the, obviously the Browns were 1-15. The Bengals were 6-9-1. and one. So you look at those two teams, you say to yourself, we have to be better than either, you know, Baltimore um, – or Cincinnati. Pittsburgh still looks potent. You know, they're 11 and five, three straight years now with 10 plus wins for Pittsburgh. So maybe if you split with them, that would be a great goal. But I think overall, you've got to find a way to, to start moving up the food chain, in the AFC North and, and, you know, be okay. I don't want to say be okay with a six and 10 season, but, but you have to just embrace any improvement that you see from this team. Cause again, I like the, the, the front office and uh, kind of looking overall, again, I, I know you mentioned the corner you like, I'm thinking the Steelers are going to go best available in the first round in terms of outside linebacker uh, slash pass rusher um, or quarterback. I mean, it, it came out today that they might like Deshaun Kaiser. I don't really love him. Uh, you know, 62 career completion percentage doesn't really impress me, you know, for, in college. Uh, you know, but I love, in terms of defense, Brazil Douglas. Uh, he's in the fourth or fifth round right now for West Virginia. That's the guy that the Steelers might take. Uh, if they want to go in the third round, maybe Sidney Jones from Washington. I also like Cameron Sutton from Tennessee a lot. There are so many good cornerbacks. Then you've got Kevin King from Washington. If they went, you know, late first round, uh, like I said, lots of good um, uh, defensive backs in this draft. But one thing I wanted to ask you, Brian, I'm going to answer the question. Then I'm going to go to you. Uh, outside Trubisky, what quarterback do you like the most? I'll give you my answer right now. Um, for whatever reason, the Steelers are really high on Joshua Dobbs. Now, he's only slated as a fifth- to sixth-round pick. Very versatile guy, runs the ball a lot, 6'3", 216. It's funny, every NFL team has their, has their tangibles that, that they really focus on. You know, for the Steelers, when they want a defensive back, like Douglas, the Steelers will draft him if he's there because he has eight interceptions. He had eight interceptions last season. The Steelers always look for guys to get picks. Um, they seldom draft guys that, that didn't show that they could get the ball in college. That's just how it is. Um, the Steelers, when receivers, they look at, at yards per catch. They like guys that can get 20 yards per catch. Martavis Bryant, Sammy Coates, et cetera. Um, you know, they like size with their quarterbacks. They'll never draft a guy that's under six foot two. They just won't. So, 
you know, that's going to rule out a, a couple of guys on this list, you know, like Trevor Knight, if they were going to go to that, you know, late in the draft from Texas A&M, but, but they really like what, for whatever reason, they love Joshua Dobbs. Um, they kind of looked at Brad Kaya, but for whatever reason, it looks to me like Dobbs. So if there was a quarterback late in the draft that I'm taking, I'm taking Dobbs. If I, if there's a guy that I had to take early in the draft, I'm taking Deshaun Watson from Clemson for whatever reason. Um, and Brian, you have more experience in Trubisky than me, so I don't want to go ahead and act like I know, you know, each of them extensionally more than the other one. But if I had to pick between the two, I'd go Watson. And and this is not really fair, Brian, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. He's been in two national championship games. Um, I know Ken Dorsey was, so I know you you can't just look at that. But you know, he's got the athletic intangibles, six two, two twenty one. Essentially, he's one pound off of Trubisky, so they're the same person physically. Um, he shows, you know, he can, he can, he can make plays on the run. He's got poise. Um, again, just to me, I'm taking Watson over Trubisky. If I'm taking a quarterback in the first round, if I'm going to wait, uh, to the middle portions, uh, portions, I'm going to go, uh, Mahomes over a Peterman or a Webb. I mean, the Steelers came out today and they said that, that Peterman essentially is a backup. That's bad. That's pretty bad for this, for, you know, your hometown team to come out and say that since Peterman played for Pitt. Um, or Kaya. I guess Peterman versus Kaya would be a better comparison. So I'd go Kaya. I like Mahomes. There's something about me, he's not moving way up on my list. He'd probably be my fifth favorite quarterback in this draft. For whatever reason, I'm big on Dobbs. But overall, if I had to give you a top three, you know, first two rounds, Watson, middle rounds, uh, you know, I'm going to go Kaya. And then late rounds, I'm going to go Dobbs. What, what say you, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have strong opinions on, on a lot of these guys, but yeah. I will say that yeah, um, I like your I like Sean Watson from the standpoint of really a lot of what you said I, I agree with. Look, if you don't know who's going to be successful, then I'm willing to bet on a winner. I'm willing to bet on yeah. someone who could do it all in college. And Deshaun Watson was a winner. I mean, someone I think is easy to root for. I don't know if he's going to be successful or not, but I, I, I agree. I mean, I, to say that even Trubisky would be deserving over him, I don't know about that. Deshaun Kaiser, I don't want to be unfair, hold against him. It, it's probably an inherent bias just because I don't like Notre Dame, but I, the guy, and they, they didn't win at all there. And he wasn't really even supposed to be the guy. Malik Zaire was supposed to be the guy. So I. To me, too many question marks, and who knows? Maybe he turns into to a great player. But if I have to bet on any of these guys, including Trubisky, I'll say it, including Trubisky, I'm, I'm going with Watson. I'm going to bet on that. Um, I was really impressed by – I really liked the uh, Brad Kaya's personality. I watched him on Gruden's camp. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. I did, too. Um, yeah, I did, too. Yeah, I, I, I liked I was him, too. I, came away yeah. Very, yeah, I came away very impressed by Brad Kaya. Um, I don't know enough about him to, you know, to say much. One thing that drives me crazy is people that pretend they're draft experts when they're not. So if I have an opinion, obviously I know I'm not an expert by any stretch, but if I've seen someone, I feel a little more confident, at least saying here's my opinion. I don't want to say give an opinion on Brad Kaya because I don't know anything about him. I liked his personality, the way he came across in that interview. So that's a plus. Beyond that, I don't know. I can't speak to his ability to play quarterback at all. Um, so I don't I don't have the level of, of knowledge about you know some of these Dobbs some of these other guys you mentioned um, to really say too much there. Uh, I will say you mentioned all those cornerbacks. I mean I saw Desmond King who was a really good player yeah. at Iowa. Iowa. 
you know, looking yeah. like the third, fourth, fifth round, like a middle round type guy. So there's an example of just the depth. And I don't, I'm don't. i not saying Desmond King's going to be anything, but he was a very – again, I like production. I like guys that were, were productive. Um, you know, one thing I'd love to talk about is, is the Buckeyes in this draft because they're – it's not last year where you had insane Joey Bosa and Zeke and Michael Thomas, and, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Von Bell was, you know, successful. Eli Apple was a starter for the Giants. I mean – it was just – it was ridiculous how talented Ohio State's class was last year. But this year, you got some great players. And, and to me, it's led by uh, Malik Hooker. I mean, I'm so excited. I mean, it, it's wild to think, Brian, that he's being compared to Ed Reed. That is just preposterous to me. I mean, that, to compare anybody to Ed Reed, man, does that make you, you feel like – I'm hoping so much every year in the draft, Obviously, I want the Browns to, to, to be successful. I don't really care if the Browns take a Buckeye necessarily. It'd be kind of fun because they haven't taken one in a while. But I'm hoping that the guys I love the most don't go to a team I don't like or a team I hate. That's my goal. Now, the Steelers do a wonderful job of drafting Buckeyes every year, and it sucks, and I hate it. But whatever. Um, I, I, Hooker, I'm so excited. I, I, I believe in these guys. I, I, these guys, because they're really productive players. All of them. The three DBs especially, you know, Raekwon McMillan, I, I feel like was a very productive player who played two, two linebacker positions at Ohio State. He doesn't seem to be getting a ton of love, and that's okay. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I think, will be a playmaker in some capacity. I don't know if he's a receiver, running back, or both, but he's a playmaker. He'll be successful. Um, so there, you know, I think and Pat Elfine I have confidence in as someone who can be effective. I don't know if he's going to be great. He's going to be a starter for, for a long time. I don't know. Is he a center? I don't think so. He thinks he's a guard in the NFL. But I feel like there's a lot of talent uh, at, out of Ohio State. I'm very excited to see where they go. And I really kind of want one to end up on the Browns. And I, and, but I really hope they don't end up on a team I don't like. That's sort of my goal throughout this. I and, mean, you know, what are your opinions on, on any of these Buckeyes that you like, maybe don't like as much? If, if one could be a Steeler, who would it be? That kind of thing. Well, I think it's funny because I think, well, unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be a lot of – if there's one Steeler or Buckeye that becomes a Steeler, it would be Samuel. Because I think the Steelers want a versatile running back mid, you know, somewhere in the mid-portions of the, of, of the, the draft. So Samuel's going to be there. But he's going to be competing against Kareem Hunt who from Toledo, who, who is getting a lot of hub in this draft because he had a good combine. And uh, he's a, he, had a, he had some monster statistics uh, at Toledo, albeit, you know, you're going against lesser competition. And the last time the Steelers drafted a Mac running back, uh, they were burned pretty good a couple of years ago. So, um, so they might not go that way. But if they get anybody, it will be Samuel. It's funny to me because, you know, you know it was a hot-button topic this year in college football, you know, players that were, that were going to go in the draft that were sitting out their bowl games. And it's funny because – you know, when I don't want to say uh, Clemson game hurt Samuel, but it didn't help his cause. He, you know, you could tell in that game, Ohio State, they put maybe too much on his plate, and that was the issue with Ohio State last year in general. They didn't have the receivers they had had the last couple of years. But, they, you know, they've tried to make him like the featured player, kind of tried to make him the Zeke Elliott of, of the last couple of years, and he just wasn't. You know, Clemson really, you could tell, dialed up to stop him. Conversely, I think Hooker – totally improved his draft stock because he had a fantastic 
uh, uh, Fiesta Bowl game against Clemson, the semifinal game of the playoffs. He was fantastic, had a couple of turnovers, I believe at least one or two interceptions, and really, I mean, OSU, I guess, really wasn't really ever in that game, but they were somewhat in that game. You know, by halftime, I think it was 17 nothing, and it was because of Hooker. Had a fantastic interception uh, off Watson and, and was everywhere, a ball hawk. And I think, like you said, Brian, like with the Ed Reed comparison, he, he's a ball hawk. Um, he's someone that, uh, you know, he, he doesn't just deflect the ball. He gets turnovers. He makes game-changing plays. And, and, you know, this isn't a great, you know, breakdown of the Ohio State's defense, but, you know, the last couple of years, I've enjoyed watching OSU's defense way more than their offense. I actually enjoyed when they got the ball to see what those great athletes were going to do. I mean, if Ohio State had to lead in the fourth quarter the last three years, they weren't losing. You know, they weren't losing because they had – those fantastic players on defense, you know, you couple that with a great running game with Ezekiel Elliott and then Samuel last year, hard to lose. But, you know, one guy I wanted to ask you about, Brian, when you talk about, you know, guys that are getting uh, compared to legendary players, well, Hooker's being compared to Ed Reed. Jabril Peppers has, believe it or not, has gotten Paul Malu comparisons. And with that being said, uh, there is as actually breaking news here, the Rockets, have beaten OKC. We're recording this on uh, Wednesday night or Tuesday night. The Rockets have defeated OKC four games to one. So the Rockets are out um, one year after being one win away from the finals and upsetting uh, the Warriors. But back to the draft. What do you think about Peppers? Because, you know, Steeler fans are mixed on him. Uh, he's right now slipping. Again, he had kind of the, the, the controversy here with the diluted, uh, you know, drug test or whatnot. He says he drank eight to 10 bottles of water, but I digress. But, you know, what do you think about him? Do you think he'll be a good pro, or do you think uh, you know he's just a jack of all trades and not a king of anything? I, you know, it's funny. That's exactly where I wanted to go next with Jabril. Um, he is a he's a fascinating case because I, I look. He's, he went to Michigan. He's kind of a schmuck, and not, I say he's not a schmuck. He's probably a good kid. I don't know. I don't know. He's very cocky, but that's fine. He he, he was a great player and was very hyped. So. With all that, putting that aside, ultimately, I, w- I think he's going to be successful because I just think he's a football player. I think he, he, he was a guy that – there's sort of two types of guys that, that, that can do a lot. There's those guys that are, you know, good but not great at a bunch of things and they're not going to be successful. And then there's the guys that uh, can do a lot of different things and just they're going to find their niche. I mean, Chris Gamble was a great example of someone that could do a lot everything in Ohio State. But what he could, you know, but, but when it was time to came to the NFL, he was a he was a cornerback, and I thought, from my standpoint, I was, he had a great career. I think Jabril Peppers is going to be successful. He's someone I I'd be happy with the Browns taking at thirty three. I, I I'm very intrigued by him. He was successful enough that I'm all aboard going for it. And and you know, for the Steelers, he's not. Gonna, I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. And I think. Palomalu is is a, it's a tough comparison. Um, I want to be fair here, and and I don't want you know if, if I'm going to say I think I'd read a little much for Hooker, uh, you know, say the same thing that I, I'm I'm not going Palomalu route at all uh, with Peppers, but yeah, he's someone that I'm that I'm interested in. Um, Well, yeah, you know, Brian, I'm, I'm, I don't think the Steelers are going to get him because, I, like I said, I think he's going to fall past the first round. And here's the deal. If, there's, if you have any questions about someone, you're not 
you're not going to draft him in the first round. That's just there, there's just there's too much at stake. And you know, I I don't think the Steelers are going to take him. And you know, really, you know, I don't think they've really shown that much interest in him. I think it's just when you hear the Paul Malu thing and the Steelers want help with defensive back, all of a sudden you hear all those people saying. You know, oh my God! You After know, that, we need a defensive back. You know, we we need this, we need that, and then all of a sudden his name's on the. I I don't think so. I think the Steelers are going to go in the first round. Um, here's my deal: if in my you know right now I can't I can't believe I'm having a brain fart here. Um, Clemson's quarterback, help me out, Brian. Um, you know, Deshaun if Watson. he's available, thank you. If Watson, if Watson's there late in the first, which I don't think he's going to be, but let's just say he is, I would be uh, incredibly upset if the Steelers didn't take him. Um, because he, I think, is going to be a really good pro. And, you know, it, it, it kind of sucks because I listened to Peter King's podcast that he did with uh, um, Tom Brady a few months today on my run, and Brady's thinking he's going to play into his mid-40s. You know, unfortunately, Ben's not going to be playing much longer. And, you know, you, you need to have as seamless of a transition as you can get at quarterback. And the thing is, you know, most of the weapons around Ben are pretty young in, in most spots. Um, so this team's window could still and, – and, and honestly, this defense is really young. I think Cameron Hayward's one of the oldest players, and he's 27 when you take away James Harrison, who's a million years old. But, you know, so the window for the Steelers could still be open for the next five years if they get Ben's backup. So that, to me, is the number one player. If Watson's there, I'm taking him. If he's not, it's best available. So if it's Kaiser, you know, for whatever reason, the Steelers are high on him, you take him. Uh, if he's not there – then, then you get your pass rusher, and there's there's been a couple of guys that, that are out there. Again, you know, the, the, the two biggest strengths in this draft are defensive back and outside linebacker slash defensive end that you would convert. So if you want a pass rusher, this is the draft for you. And if you, if you need, uh, you know, if you, if you need a uh, safety, this is the draft for you or cornerback. Now, running backs, are like I said, they're, they're pretty good. You've got the Morgan guy from, from Oklahoma who no one knows where he's really going to end up because he had his domestic things. You've got Samuel late in the draft. You've got Kareem Hunt late in the draft. After the fourth round, running backs are going to become very slim pickings. Receivers are weird. There's some good ones, but not great. The Browns don't need any receivers. I don't think – I mean, would you, would, do you think the Browns are the receiver at all because they lost Terrell prior, Brian? Or, or do you think because of all the guys they drafted last year, they're going to give those kids a chance not add any more receivers? roster this uh with the draft well the browns need playmakers that's what that's what we need right. more than anything so right. yeah point. i mean i'm i'm completely fine with that i would be totally fine with going the receiver route even in even in in the first round with 12 um but joe mixon was someone i actually wanted to ask you about because i think he's a fascinating story and i apologize i, I don't know if anyone could hear me before i was kind of talking and then i don't know what happened if, if uh, you lost me but um, Brian, we do have a call, uh, though, I want to get to, if that's all right with you. Okay. Okay, yeah. We, let's take the call, and then after that we can uh, we can talk a, a little bit about Joe Mixon and what you would do if you were in the app. Well, yeah. All right, we'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, real quick, let us know your name, where you're calling from, and uh, what do you got to say on the Giardro Show? Oh, this is Naj. I'm in Atlanta. How y'all doing? Good. How are you good, doing? Good. Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, uh, I, I guess what you what you guys are about to talk about is the most interesting thing in the draft is, is Joe Mixon. Uh, a lot of people are saying he's the best running back in the draft. Uh, some people have him over Fournette. 
and you know McCaffrey just because he kind of splits the difference. You get the power and the speed and versatility, so that's the guy to go after. So it becomes a kind of a waiting game of figuring out when is the best time to get him to to make it so where it's it's low risk, high reward, uh, because you don't want to draft him too high because he's already been devalued because he has that you know hanging on him. Uh, so I mean that that's the most interesting thing, but. Uh, I think we do this every year to where we start talking ourselves into quarterbacks, and then these quarterbacks end up being third stringer, barely hang on guys that teams just basically pay way too much for. So if if people think Mitch is the only real, uh, you know, franchise quarterback, uh, you know, potentially, then that's the only guy you draft first day. Those other guys, man, I, I let somebody else draft him, man. Uh, it, 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 we do a lot of talking ourselves into quarterbacks and it makes no sense because of course it's the high value position but also it's the position with the least amount of uh projects that turn into good players and you know it it just essentially becomes wasted picks on potential that was never really there and it's just we're in a draft hysteria because it's draft day but you get those guys in the camp and you know they are what they are college guys who are good in the college system against college athletes. So I, I just wanted to add that, man. No, we appreciate it. Um, and, and I think you're hundred percent right. You know, and the thing that's is that stuff. no one knows yeah. is how dedicated are you going to be when you get drafted? Cause that's the thing. When you get drafted, are you going to rest on your laurels? I don't think that it's a coincidence that a lot of the great quarterbacks over time were not high drafted. Tom Brady, you know, even Ben, you know, you know, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning were drafted before him. He was a mad guy, came in with, with something to prove. I think, it, you know, that's the one thing. If I was a GM in the room and I was talking to quarterbacks, I would write down, does this kid have something to prove? How important is winning to this guy? Because a lot of these guys, especially quarterbacks, we all grew up knowing a guy like this, uh, you know, they think they're, they're, their stuff doesn't stink, for lack of a better phrase. And are they going to continue to work when they get paid the big dollars? I think Sam Bradford's the perfect case for this. You know, won the Heisman, had great stats, but he was so small. You know, you could watch him in college get overpowered by, by Florida in that championship game. But before we let you go, and thank you for your call from Atlanta, what do you think about Mixon? Personally, I think he's a second-round pick. I think whoever gets him in the second round is going to get a, a good player. A couple, of, a couple of teams I think would look great with him. The Broncos, they still have that Super Bowl defense from a few years ago, albeit a little older, but but still a championship caliber defense. Uh, quarterback, you know, you know Simeon's okay. He, he definitely made progressions at the end of the year. Uh, but C.J. Anderson, uh, he had some issues with injuries, and I think they, they should get him uh, another another guy to work with in the backfield so they can take some, some of the pressure off him. Same thing with Seattle. They have a nice running back. Uh, they don't have Lynch, obviously, anymore. But, you know, they definitely could use another running back with their defense there. Uh, I think Mixon with either of those two teams would be perfect. What say you uh, with Mixon? Yeah, I think he fits anywhere because I think we're talking about one of those type of talented guys. And I say you grab him at the end of the first round and kind of bite the bullet Mm -hmm. because, look, man, if you want to go extra moral and and be the the classiest team in the NFL – there's a whole team from Harvard that you players that you can draft. You can go ahead and get those guys. You can win all the the public relations campaigns. But right. if you try to win football games, it's about getting talent. And Mixon is there. I snatch him up. And I, I think somebody, and you know Jerry's slick enough to do it. But I think <laughs> I think somebody's going to take him earlier than what he should go, just because they know so many people want him. But uh, 
look, man, all that PR stuff, it doesn't win football games, man. So I'm about best available talent. And if you're getting him at the end of the first or the beginning of the second, no matter what, even if he doesn't pan out, you didn't lose much. But if it pays off, that's a lotto ticket. I think you're yeah. right. Well, what, no, you yeah, I, 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 I agree with Nas. I agree with Nas completely here. I, 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 look, you're going to ask him a ton of tough questions. You're going to grill the hell out of this guy like you do anybody else. And as long as you have confidence, just, just like with anybody else, in the answers he's given – then you have to. You can't. You can't avoid a talent of that caliber. You just can't do it. So I mean, yeah, I, I, Joe Mixon is going to come in with a ton to prove. We know the talent's there. I agree. He's imp- just as impressive to me as any of these other running backs are. Um, so I, I don't know if he goes in the first round. I, 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 I definitely wouldn't have a problem with it. But I, I'd be, you know, shocked if he doesn't go early second because he's just too good of a talent. And you're taking a risk with any of these guys. You never really know for sure. Uh, we thought Trent Richardson was a lock. Everyone thought Trent Richardson was a lock. And he, he just it didn't happen for him. So you never know. Uh, but, yeah, Joe Mixon, someone, if, as long as I feel comfortable with the types of questions and the answers, I'm all in with him. Wait, thanks again. Thanks again for your call. It was awesome. So thanks again. And don't be a stranger. Call back in some other time. Thanks again. Hey, no problem. Just keep me on this so I can listen. Oh, you got it. You got it. We will. We will. And, uh, you know, one, one thing, and thanks again for your call, you know, one thing, Brian, that, uh, that I love about the pick, and I think, we, I think the three of us, you know, we're, we're all in, in unison with this. I think that there's nothing better than a world-class athlete that is motivated as hell. And Mixon is going to be motivated. Now, all right, obviously none of us condone um, what he did. None of us can do them. But like you said, Brian, like teams are going to do their due diligence. They're going to ask him the questions. You're going to see in those rooms who's sincere or not. There might be some, some great actors out there that fool you. you know. But at the end of the day, all these kids, no one's perfect. And it's hilarious. I don't want to say hilarious because it's not. But, like, you get closer and closer to the draft. I think wasn't, wasn't Brian, another Ohio State player, got involved in something. Or it came out that he was involved in a domestic situation. So, you know, you're going to continue to hear those things as we get closer to the draft. It's almost like when you get closer to the election. You hear these – I remember 17 years ago it came out, well, George Bush smoked weed in college or something. He was like, yeah, he did. Like, you know, all these things come out. Again, these GMs are going to do their due diligence. He's a fantastic runner. He looked great uh, in that Sugar Bowl game that Oklahoma won this past year. He's a, he's a he's a slasher. He can run between the tackles. He's what you want. I don't know if he's a great receiver, but that's fine. You know, a lot of NFL teams, you don't need a great receiver slot. You don't need – no, I just need Le'Veon Bell. You know, I want a bruising running back. So, I, I think he's a good pick. Could be a great pick for the Browns in the second round. You know, if, if you don't want to go – again, corner is so good. Corner is deeper, way deeper than running back. So, if I was the Browns, you handle – you know, you get your, your pass rusher first. You get Garrett first. If Mixon's there, you take Mixon, and then you, you've got Rajul Douglas. You've got Sutton. You, you've got all these other guys, King, Desmond King, the safety from Iowa. You, you can get those guys in the third round. Um, and, and, you know, we'll move on after this, but, but it's amazing that we're discussing, and our caller, most recent caller just said, it's not about winning popularity contests. Tom Brady, again, said that on Peter King's podcast. The greatest thing, one of his favorite things about, about Belichick is he doesn't care about how he looks. He doesn't try to win. 
you know, the media game. He doesn't care. That's why, you know, he brought in that receiver that got the DUI this past year. Did he help him at all? No. Uh, but he was, he was there in case they needed him. And when you pick up a guy like that, you're not letting any other teams get him. And that's why Belichick is great at what he does. Randy Moss, people didn't want him. People thought Corey Dillon, how many years ago, was a basket case. He, he, this, the Patriots get him, they win a ring. So uh, I agree all the way around. One thing I want to ask you, Brian, is there a player that you want the Browns to take? Is there a guy that you're sitting there? I mean, is it Hooker? I mean, even though I don't, I don't know if the Browns want to go, you know, safety that early, uh, because again, there's so many. Uh, he's the cream of the crop. But is, is there one player you're like, I want the Steelers to take? Me, it's if the Steelers are there for Watson, that's who I want. Uh, it, you know, and I also like Cream Hunt from Toledo. I think he'd be interesting to watch. Is there a player that you want the Browns to draft? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I can sort of sum it up very quickly. My, ultimately, my number one priority is Garrett and preferably no quarterback. Right? That's what's most important okay. to me. But, but here's what I'll say. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys I would, I would go crazy if you got a 12. Browns need a playmaker at safety. They need a playmaker fucking everywhere. <laughs> it's what happens when you, when you win one game. Like, they, they need help everywhere. So you got to get the best of it, to me, the best available talent. And I'm cold, totally cool with, like I said, O.J. Howard or either of the top two receivers. I like all of them. If you feel like that, that's what's going to happen. If there's one guy I love, and if he some, it's another, you know, quote-unquote character issue guy. If he somehow slips to 33, amazing. I would take him at 12 and not even think about it, and that's Reuben Foster, inside linebacker yeah. from Alabama. I don't know what's going to end up happening with him. Uh, it's very possible. He, he, he could be one of those guys who slips out of the first round and then is one of the best players in the draft defensively. Um, the, the guy has all the talent in the world. Same thing. If you feel comfortable enough with, with the answers he gave, and obviously we're not privy to that information, but just as a football player, that guy is awesome. And character issues aside, he's a top ten pick for sure. So maybe a top five pick. Um, yeah, sign me up for him. Reuben Foster, Malik Hooker. I mean, if I really wanted the dream draft, it would be Miles Garrett at one. It would be Hooker at 12, and then it would be Foster at 33. But, but I don't think Hooker should be around at 12. I think he, he should be, and I think he will be gone earlier. And I can't possibly fathom Foster being available at 33. And like I say, they take him at 12, awesome. I would love to see it. I, I think the guy's a pro bowler. So that, there's a couple of names for you. Um, I, uh, there's, you know, again, it, 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 if we go def- – Browns go defense, defense, defense. I can't possibly imagine I'd be upset at all. And if they go defense, playmaker on offense, defense, but they don't go quarterback, I'll be, I'll be really happy too. I, it really comes down to, and Nas, our caller, said it, it's so true, we get obsessed with quarterbacks. The Browns need a quarterback. And we've needed a quarterback for a long time, and I said this in, in my initial rant, but you don't just take a quarterback to take a quarterback, and what the hell are you surrounding them with? Um, I, I definitely think that, you know, Kenny Britt replacing Terrell Pryor, who knows if you're going to get there. The Browns desperately need a playmaker. Someone to go with Britt and, and Corey Coleman, who the Browns need more out of this year. Uh, hopefully can stay healthy. Um, so, yeah, they need playmakers all over the field. You go best available. But do not force a quarterback just because you feel like you need him. And that's my beef with Haslam. That's why I'm so afraid. And I genuinely think that it's – I don't know if the Browns have the right everything or not besides the owner. They might. I love Hugh Jackson. I got, I, I'm, st- I'm, I'm believing that uh, there, maybe – the mix is right. 
maybe the Browns need, need some sort of more, more fo- pro football type of guy to go with their analytics team. But I think the Browns are doing something potentially special here. And it's just, it's irrelevant if the owner screws it up. And that's, that's my biggest fear, my biggest concern. And, and my biggest hope as a Browns fan is that he shuts up. He does and worries about what he knows what to do. And he trusts the people he's paying good money to do their jobs. And then, I, then I'm optimistic with the talent in this draft that this will be a draft that is, is a game changer, is the first step toward the Browns finally returning to prominence in the NFL in the next couple of years. Well, Brian, I, I wanted to respond to a couple of things. First, and I, I don't like you one of those guys, well, here's why the Steelers are great. This is one reason why the Steelers have been good. You know, rest in peace, Dan Rooney, who passed away almost two weeks ago on Thursday. Um, it will be two weeks on Thursday, rather. He was a football guy. I mean, he was in charge. He built the 70 Steelers. He was, he was the one that stepped in and said, we have to draft Ben. Because he remembers when, they, when, they, when his father passed on getting uh, uh, Dan Marino in 1983. And then we, you know, the Steelers didn't have a franchise quarterback for 21 years. So, you know, now he passed it on to his, to his son, Art, who helped the Steelers win their most recent Super Bowls as the team's president when, when Dan stepped down to just assume his role as chairman and owner. So with that being said, if your owner is not a football guy, he needs to just get out of the way. And that's, you know, Jerry Jones has gotten better in that position, but that's the, the, the downfall of the 90s Cowboys was he wasn't a football man at that time. I mean, he was getting there, but he wasn't. I mean, Jimmy Johnson was. They had the egos, and, and I digress. But I will disagree with you on one thing. Um, is that I, I do think the Browns should draft a quarterback in this draft. Now, not early. They, they, there's way too many things to, to handle. And I know Trubisky's the hometown kid, yada, yada, yada. No, I wouldn't take him. Again, not the end of the world if you take him, I wouldn't. And that, again, if they do, I guess, Brian, that, that, that shows you that how much pull Haslam has, which is not a good thing. Um, now, I, I do think they should get somebody late in the draft, because here's my thing. Until you have a franchise quarterback, you need to bring in competition. You but that being said, you don't want to spend you don't want to spend too much to get one. This draft, this is the you know this is the perfect draft for a development quarterback. Where if you're not trying to find your franchise quarterback, this is the draft to do it. This is not the draft for saviors. So that should be a good thing for the Browns and the Steelers, who are kind of in the same position. Like I think they would love to find a quarterback that is like a diamond in the rough in this year's draft, but they're not banking on it. So, you know, if the Browns are sitting around late in the draft and, and Dobbs is there, why not take him? Why not? You know, if you've already gotten, you know, your other needs taken care of, you, you bring in competition because you need to. When you don't have a franchise quarterback, uh, in my opinion, you need to bring in as many people as you can uh, to compete for that spot because until you get one, that's a vacant position. And, and, and again, I, I'm fine with that. I just – I just want the Browns to not blow an opportunity to improve as a football team. And if they take a quarterback, obviously I'm going to support them. And if they take a quarterback early, I'm going to support them. If they take a quarterback, if they take Trubisky number one, they're so stupid. And they're yeah. putting themselves I was trying putting to nice, this poor yeah, kid in such a bad position. Um, so, look, if they want to take a Kaya type or someone like that later, fine. If they want to take, you know, whatever they do, they do. I'm just saying to you, I need – if I'm a, as a Browns fan, my priority is I got to hit. I have three picks I have to hit. I have to. And don't know if I'm going to hit with any of them, obviously, for sure. That's obvious. But I know that 
if I go quarterback, there's a much higher risk in those first three picks. So have confidence in your draft board, in your scouting, and in your analytics, whatever, and take the three best players, and hopefully they're all defense or two of the three are defense. That's going to give you the best chance to get football players on this team, and that's more than anything is football players, all right? So I, I don't know. I feel strongly about that. Um, for those that, uh, that, that called in, really appreciate it. Brian, we can spend a couple more minutes, if you'd like, talking draft or anything else you want to talk, but I um, want to wrap it up here pretty soon. I know that for those that, uh, that, that are listening live can continue we both um, to minutes, listen. Brian, no one will miss um, anything on this show. Yeah, but, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, we can go any direction. If you, if you want to touch on, we can talk a little bit of Cavs if you want to sort of wrap things up. Or if there's any other any other points about players or the Steelers or the draft that you want to discuss, whatever whatever I'm good you with want the to draft. go for the last I think, couple I, minutes. I think in my last few minutes, you know, if if you want to put a bow on the Blue Jackets season, I would say that it was a very good season. Um, I would say that uh, I said, you know, for a long time that that they had to be they had to get past the first round to consider this season a success. Um. I still think that was true. I don't, but I don't want to say it was a disappointing season. I think it was a, it was an unfortunate ending to a very great, a very good season. You know, or a great season really. It was a great. It should be remembered as a great regular season, and in an, an unfortunate playoff situation where they had to play the defending Stealing Cup champions, who, you know, they they really they aren't who they thought they were. I mean, Pittsburgh is is again. I think they proved in this series how easily they beat Columbus that. This is one of the best teams I've seen. This is the best Penguins team I've seen in over two decades. So, to put a bow on it, I think for Columbus, the goal next year, you've got to finish the regular season strong. You've got to get Bob more rest because it was apparent that, that he was worn out by the time the playoffs started. And uh, you're, you have to work on, you know, they have to, you know, Winooski, you know, he's going to become a great scorer. But until they get a guy that can score 40 goals a year, they're not going to get past the first round. I think that was the most evident thing to me. Uh, was that they just they didn't have, you know, Mulgan and Crosby, whenever they needed it, one of those two would deliver. Uh, Columbus needs a guy like that. But, again, a great regular season, and it should definitely be, be a very positive building block for, the you know, next year and the year after that and so forth. Now, I want to talk a little bit of Cavs ball with you, Brian, before we end this podcast. Um, again, if, if you've listened to this podcast before, I've said this already, and I'm going to say it again. You know, LeBron James – is the closest thing we've had to Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant was great, but he was just kind of a, a scorer. Uh, LeBron impacts games the way Michael did. And, and that game, when they were 26 down and won, and there was a point in the game where they were down 10 to third, and I remember thinking, they're going to win this game. It's just a matter of time. And I haven't felt that way about a team. No, facing, no matter what they're facing, I believe they would win since Jordan. And it's a testament to LeBron's work ethic, his drive to remain the best player in the league, um, and, you know, his his ability, his talent, uh, it just seems limitless at his age. Uh, again, he's not ancient, but he, he's 32. He should not still be this much of an athletic specimen, this freak that he is, and I say that in a good way. Um, but Brian, man, you know, I think if LeBron wasn't in the league right now um, – Everybody would say this is just, this is Golden State's championship, but the fact that LeBron James is there and he's still at the peak of his powers, um, Cleveland is still a team 
that is easy. I mean, they're going to get to the finals, and you're going to get you're going to get that tattoo. So um, I'm in awe of LeBron James. I really am. You know, he he again. You know, no player at 32 that is the face of a team and and is the face of the league has ever been this good ever at 32. Jordan was still a great player, uh, not like this. Uh, Kobe was on his kind of way down at 32. Still a great player, not like this. Uh, To me, man, it it leaves me almost speechless. Uh, That's all I've got, man. I I think uh, with Cleveland, with the Cavs, you got to feel good. And, uh, you know, Fry had a great first round. Again, when they play Golden State, he he won't be there. But overall, you know, it's going to be a collision course again. Cleveland, Cleveland, Golden State, pending the unforeseeable happens. But you know, Brian, I don't know. I don't know if you share the same optimism with LeBron and the Cavs as I do. But uh, it doesn't matter to me that that all four games against Indiana were close. They swept. That's what they had to do, and now they're on to the next round. Yeah, I'll admit I, <laughs> and and you you to your credit, uh, you maintained confidence the whole time, and I, I lost it for a little bit. I think I just I was so frustrated by all the losing. It was just so. Just, I, I was just, I don't know. I was really annoyed. I, I, I maybe overreacted for reasons not honestly nothing to do with basketball. I'm not going to get into, but um, yeah, I, look, I, I, LeBron, it's, what can you say? It is, it's unreal. Like you said, how tremendous he still is. And who knows? Look, the defense statistically still wasn't all that good against Indiana. They were able at times to clamp down. I give Shump a ton of credit. I do have, have an element of confidence that this team has that next man up and every game is different mentality. You know, if it's got to be Darren Williams or it's got to be Kyrie or Love or, or, or Channing Fry or whomever, we saw a ton of different guys step up. And this is what happened in the final or prior to the finals last year. And then, you know, the one guy that, uh, that I'm waiting on that I'm a little worried about, I've said this before, I think J.R. Smith's one of the keys um, not to be in a bad series offensively or defensively, but he's yet to have one of those just insane games, and I'm hoping it happens next round. Uh, but it really, in order to win a championship, I just look, you needed to get on both ends of the floor something out of JR last year, and you were able to. Uh, he's, this, he's the guy, even against Golden State, who's going to get opportunities to score, and he's got to hit his shots. He didn't do it two years ago, and it really wasn't his fault. He was the second option. And that's a problem. You're not going to win a championship when Jr. is your second option because Kyrie and, 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 and Love were hurt. But, you know, as, as, as a fourth option in the offense, he's got to be there for you. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm back on the bandwagon. I'm not going to get a tattoo. I'm not worried at all. The Cavs are going to make, they're going to make the NBA Finals. May still get a tattoo. Um, that's another story for another podcast. But um, <laughs> at, the, at, at this point, yeah, I'm not worried. I'm excited to see what happens. And, I, look, I love that Golden State is crushing teams and everyone thinks they're invincible because we saw this last year. And, look, m- maybe it happens. Maybe they, they sweep the Cavs or they win in five games and it's just lucky. You say, wow, you know what, the defensive was really a problem and they were just better or whatever. It, we'll see. But I don't buy it. I, Steph Curry and that team has not been good enough in the, what, the 13 games, finals games they've played in the last two years for me not to feel feel like the Cavs got a shot because of LeBron. You know, Kevin Durant, he's owned. So, yes, on paper, of course, Golden State, just like last year, and just like even if the Cavs win this year, on paper next year, even as two-time champions, Golden State will look like the best team. There's no doubt. But you have LeBron James, 
a guy whose ceiling is the greatest to ever play, and I, he's getting closer, it seems like, every day, and if Kaz win this championship, then it is more than a legitimate discussion. It really is. Is he the best ever? Is he better than Jordan? He's one championship away from me really feeling like I'm, I'm ready to make that case, honestly. But it's going to take at least one more, and that's, that's something we I – I would love if we could dedicate almost a whole podcast uh, after a, hopefully a second straight NBA championship to that debate and bring people on and talk about it and, and all that good stuff. So um, we're, we're a little over time here. Uh, it's getting late on the East Coast. Appreciate everyone so much for jumping on tonight. Uh, we'll try to do this a little more regularly and, and, and try to give you guys some more notice. Um, you know, we, we have busy lives and we're on two different hey, coasts. Hey, give, give your Twitter handle real stuff. quick, if you don't mind, for all of our listeners, our guy in Atlanta who's still listening on, on hold, so we appreciate him. I'm at Brian Diardo, at B-R-Y-A-N-D-E-A-R-D-O. And, Brian, we want to give our, our listeners your, your Twitter handle. So, if you like yep, the show, I'm, follow I'm at, and, and... Yeah, I'm at, I'm at Land Loyalty, L-A-N-D-L-O-Y-A-L-T-Y. If you're from the state of Colorado, You will notice I said F Colorado today because they've got a ridiculous registration issue. I like where I live. I'm not trying to hate, but I was pissed about that. So sorry if anyone's from Colorado is listening and uh, is offended by that. Um, But, yeah, land loyalty, L-A-N-D-L-O-Y-L or L-O. Wow, I can't spell L-A-N-D-L-O-Y-A-L-T-Y, land loyalty. (laughs) Thanks, sir. Once again, for Brian, this is Brian and, uh, As always, it's a great day to be a sports fan.